Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. We have been asking on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who do Giants fans want? And you say, want for what? Okay, well, here's the list. GM, head coach, quarterback. And by the way, let me throw another one in there because John Mara should do the right thing and step down as team president. He's the CEO. He's the owner. That's fine. But you can't be in the band, Lucy. He should not be in the band, right? Like, because he don't know how to make the music. Let's be honest. All right. Um, is Sean O'Hara there? Because now it's saying he's ready. Excellent. Giants, Super Bowl champion and NFL Network analyst, Sean O'Hara. Oh, from an era when they could really play on that offensive line. Joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, champ. Max, top of the morning to you. Key, J. Will, what up? What's How you that? doing, baby? I'm doing it. Yes, you are. and you, Yes, you did. Oh, I missed those days. What are your thoughts on the Giants moving on from Joe Judge yesterday, Sean? Yeah, tough day, tough times. It's been uh, tough times certainly the last couple of weeks, but really the last few years for Giants fans. Um, you know, it's – look, Key, you, 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 you've been around this. Jay Willie, you've been around this. It, it's When people get fired, I, it, there's never a celebration. You know, I, I was in the building yesterday and – you know, it's funeral-esque, um, and that was, you know, even before the news broke about uh, Joe Judge. So, uh, with, you know, with Gettleman stepping down and, and with, you know, with Judge now being fired, it's nobody's in that building celebrating. I think everybody is just trying to figure out, all right, what's next? And it does feel like, man, here we go again. Um, but this one does feel different. Um, I think the last time, you know, when, when Jerry Reese was – release of his duty and Dave Gettleman took over, even though he came in and, and turned over that scouting room and, and got rid of Mark Ross and got rid of some people when he came in, it still kind of felt like, all right, this was a traditional move. And it really seems like right now, the way the Giants are headed, that things, there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup. Um, and I think it's probably uh, justified. Sean, why do you think the owners – John Mara and Steve Tisch changed their minds over the last couple of weeks about Joe Judge's future. I think, I think for them it was the struggle was look we we think Judge is a good coach and look good, everybody you know I think when you look at, at at what has transpired over the last couple of weeks the the thing that 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 bothers me about all this is. The amount of rage that has erupted from Giants fans and not even Giants fans, but other fans about Joe Judge, about Gettleman, about the Giants, and just, you know, I, I don't know that they know everything that's that's gone on with the team from an injury standpoint and from, you know, the things that they've had to go through. But the, the outrage about Joe Judge, Joe Judge I think is a good coach, but he's a first-time head coach. The guy just turned 40 years old a week or so ago and you know what he he stubbed his toe a few times and he went through some growing pains which I think they were they were willing to accept and they knew was going to happen but I think the biggest hang up with Judge was just the offense he had no answer for it and I don't even think they were that great when Jason Garrett was there but at least they were competent and when Jason Garrett was fired and Freddie Kitchens was kind of handed the, the, 
play calling duties and handed the keys to the offense. You're not going to change the system midseason, but things got worse. They went from the pan into the fire, and I think that's ultimately what the issue ended up being with Judge. For the owners, it was, you know, look, we don't want to fire him. We're, look, we're looking for reason to keep him. And the last couple of weeks, the way things transpired, and I think they wanted to sit and talk with him and say, look, if we keep you here, how are you going to fix this offense? You know, coaches, when they get hired, when they go, all, everybody's interviewing for the coaches right job right now, the Bears, down in Miami, right, Jacksonville. When you go in as a coach and you interview, they say, okay, great, we're interviewing you, but we also want to know who are you bringing with you? Who's your staff? Who's your offensive coordinator? Who's your defensive coordinator? Tell us who you're bringing to the table. I think that was probably part of the conversation with Judge before it happened, before they let him go, is how are you going to fix this? Who are you bringing in to help you? Because – um, I don't think offense is his area of expertise, and you know, for a lot of coaches, it's not. Um, but that's clearly the issue, and, and was the issue with the Giants. Giants Super Bowl, Giants Super Bowl champion and NFL Network analyst Sean O'Hara joining us here on the Goodyear Hotline on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Sean, I got to ask you. So, who do you think are some of the top candidates to replace Judge as head coach and Gettleman as GM? Yeah, Jay Will, this is this is a good question here I, because I think, you know, if you're a Giants fan right now and, and I'm a former Giant, like I, I don't know that, that, that the fan base can take a first-time GM that's going to mm-hmm. come in there and, you know, like I said about Joe Judge, come in there and, and you know, kick some rocks and, and stumble a couple times because he's learning on the fly. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the right move. I mean, I know there's guys like Scott Pioli that are out there that have – have been a part of championship cultures, have been a part of, of this, and, and have, have they know, look, we, we know how, how this should work. We know how what it should look like and bring a different perspective in there. So, you know, I, there, there's parts of me that, that would like to see somebody that's done it before. You know, I look at it like this. Uh, you know, Keyshawn, Max, Jay Will, you guys, uh, uh, tomorrow we're going to go play Augusta, all right? What caddy do you want? reading those greens for you. You want a guy that's never been there before, a guy that's playing, that, that's seeing Augusta for the first time, or give me the guy that's been there for 16 years. He's got tattoos on his back of all the, you know, master <laughs> champions of green jackets. That's who I want reading my greens. Cause I, you know, I, I don't want to mess this thing up. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of way, the way I'm looking at it. But I think the one thing that when you're looking at this, the giants are looking at this general manager position the communication aspect, and I think this goes for any team really, but the general manager, like you have to, you have to trust your scouts, and, and you, the general manager has to be aligned with the coach. I look at what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done in San Francisco. Those two guys have been married at the hip. I look at what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been doing up in Buffalo. Those two guys have been in sync the entire time. They've been, they've been locked at the hip, and I think that's the most crucial part in moving forward. Um, everybody's got to stand shoulder to shoulder and side to side by side in, in how they're going to build this and how they're going to move it forward. Well, that's what I was going to say to you, Sean, about first-time general managers. And you mentioned Brandon being locked at the hip with Sean McDermott, along with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, uh, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. Those guys all came together. They rolled in together as first-time head coaches in first-time general managers, do you think that that is the way that the Giants should go? Find a coach and a general manager that can align themselves together and go in to execute what the Giants think they want to do? 
Yeah, and I think, Key, that's going to be a big part of this interview process. As they come in there it's and they're interviewing general managers, it's not just, okay, sell us on you. It's what's your plan? Like who who would you target and who – who would be your number one choice or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? So as much as they're interviewing the candidate, I think they're also interviewing what are our options and what are your plans. Um, and then, you know, they'll obviously look at that and say, all right, you know what, we we know this guy has an, a great relationship with this coach. And so now we know if we get this GM, we're probably going to have a better chance of getting this coach. I think all of those things are, are going to play out um, over the next week or so. Um you know, and and I think the other key with this, and it's I don't know, this is just kind of my own perception on this um, around the league, but like we see so many young like first-time head coaches, and I know everybody wants to kind of find that next guy and that up-and-coming guy. Man, he, you know what? Everybody's so proud of like you know we found this guy, the diamond in the rough, and I know a lot. That's kind of the narrative for a lot of us, but I also look at it like this: Guess who's paying the coaches? The owners. Right, the, the the money that teams pay coaches does not come from the salary cap. It doesn't come from the player side of it. So when I see all these first-time head coaches get hired by teams, I say, you know what? That's an owner saying, look, I'm not paying Bill Cowher ten million dollars to come out of retirement. I'm not paying Tony Dungy ten million dollars a year to come out of retirement. So you kind of you look at these young coaches and they're getting hired because they're probably getting paid less. And you know, I think you know sometimes that 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 comes back to bite some people. Yeah, and one of the things they have to do is identify offensive line talent like Sean O'Hara. By the way, Pat Flaherty was their offensive line coach. They were winning all the time. Everyone was playing together. Everything was great, right? I look at Jeff Stoutland in Philadelphia right now. Giants need something like that. They need to find the Sean O'Hara's out there, undrafted free agents who want it, wind up in the Pro Bowl. That's Sean O'Hara on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Hey Max, uh, Key, J. Will, uh, this is uh, this is from the heart, man. I, I, I listen to you guys every morning. I'm the school bus for the kids in the morning, so I drive. It's we're constantly battling over the radio. They want kids pop radio, and I'm like, no, I got to listen to my guys. <laughs> so uh, my day is not complete until I get the chance to listen to you guys, and I get to hear Key read one of those promos. You guys got to let him do more of those, man. <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Sean. Appreciate you, brother. Love, love you, Key. All right, buddy. All right, oh, guys. I want to read a promo. From the NFL to the college game. Intercepted at the 21 yard line. And Keely Ringo bringing it back across midfield, across the 30, inside the 20. Ringo scores! That is a fitting ending. Nolan Smith, the sack. Georgia has won the national championship. How about this university? How about these fans? This is a special moment for the University of Georgia, special moment for this team. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Paul Feinbaum with us now. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. And guys, I jog every morning, listen to a, a reel of Keyshawn's promos. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you want a $100,000 mattress? Uh <laughs> Like, Let me I would like back, to find Paul, one worth that, yes. Hey, uh, Paul, does Georgia winning the national title, we were, we were ranking where the head coaches in college football, and Key and Jay talked me into he's second behind Saban now ahead of Dabo. Does it change the perception of Kirby Smart? Yes, uh, and you guys know better than anyone that winning does that. And he was already up there, except you know he couldn't beat Saban. So it, it's like 
back in golf uh, 20 years ago, Phil Mickelson was great, but he couldn't beat Tiger. Once he did, he became uh, a different type of personality. And, and I think that you know, that's Kirby Smart, and he is so much like Saban. When he was an assistant at Alabama, we used to always joke that he was like Saban's uh, – illegitimate son because they, they were so similar except in some ways Kirby Smart was a, was 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 a little more crass I'll, I'll never forget uh, I was in the locker room at a spring game once they let media you know be the head coaches you know some stupid thing that we dressed up in an Alabama coaches outfit and at this was a year after they the, the spring after they won the national championship guys and Kirby was MFing, and and I mean, you, I mean, you guys, uh, maybe Keyshawn talks like this normally, but I, I'd never heard a coach. Uh, and I was thinking, this is a spring game, and he is blistering the team at halftime. And a guy tapped me on the shoulder, and I looked around, and there was Nick Saban. He said, "Let me assure you, I didn't teach him that." In other words, I'm proud that he's that, he's taking this that seriously. So I, I'm not surprised to see him be successful. And to finally beat Saban, I think, will exercise those demons. And, and I, you know, I think he has many more ahead of him, many more championships. Okay, Paul, with that being said, I was going to ask you, now that Georgia's finally won a national title, do you think there's a chance they can win more titles in the coming years and he could finally maybe land that big-time quarterback that will get him there? Yeah, I think he can, and, and because, you know, we, we've thought he had that quarterback in the past. Uh, I mean, he's had some pretty good ones. Uh, you know, he had Eason, and then uh, Fromm took over for him, and then you know, you know, remember uh, Fields never could really see the the playing field, and and then you know, JT Daniels just for whatever reason uh, didn't pan out this year. But the University of Georgia has everything going for it. Uh, it is probably the best college atmosphere in the SEC, and maybe even in college in in college athletics period it's uh, around the corner from atlanta which is a major hub uh and it's got a commitment to football that's uh, unmatched uh, and and i mean it's on it's on the same level as alabama the only thing that alabama has had previously is great tradition and and nick saban and and you know again let's be realistic saban's 70 years old you you have to look at the calendar paul feinbaum joining us here on Keyshawn, j will and max paul I want you to take a listen to what Nick Saban had to say at the end of the press conference for both Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I'd like to say something. Can I say something? Absolutely. You know, these two guys that are sitting up here, they're not defined by one game. These guys played great for us all year. They're great competitors. They were great leaders on this team. Uh, and they, they contributed tremendously to the success of this team. And we would not be here without them. All right, and both of them take responsibility for the loss, um, but both of them contributed in a lot of ways in a positive way to giving us a chance to win and a chance to be here to have an opportunity to win. So I just want to thank them for that and let everybody know how proud I am of these two guys. Thank you, Coach. What do you think about that, Paul? Max, uh, Jay, my favorite part of that was, uh, can I say something here? <laughs> Like, of course you can, Nick. It's your press conference. Can you imagine uh, at uh, Coach K's last press conference uh, in the NCAA, he, he looks at the person. Uh, can, I, can I have a word here to the audience? Um, that's the personification of Nick Saban. As great as he is, he understands the moment. And he knows that stage is on him. And he knows you are defined by defeat as easily as victory. And he, it, was, it was very clever. Uh, on top of that, he also went, went on about how much he loved Kirby Smart 
and how much uh, he was proud of him. Now, you can take all of that with a grain of salt. I will tell you uh, guys that I, I'm not sure that relationship is anywhere near what Saban tried to make it out to be, but it doesn't matter. This is stagecraft. And, and the public, we are all gullible. Uh, and, and Saban understands that better than anyone. And, 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 and I think you know, he, he's, he's not worried about the media in that room or wherever they are. He's talking to future recruits. This is, I will stand up for you, even when that rare occasion occurs that you happen to lose. Yeah, and if you watch the video, too, the way he extended his hands and, like, had them. So on the one hand, Paul, he's saying, is it okay if I say something? But on the other <laughs> hand, he's, he's, he is the puppet master for sure. Um, who are your top teams um, heading into next season, Paul? Well, uh, I hope you're all sitting down when I tell you that Alabama will be the preseason favorite next year. Uh, that is unequivocal because of the two players coming back. Uh, Will Anderson Jr., who I still think is the best player in college football, and, and only uh, the Heisman uh, winner, uh, Bryce Young. And, and by the time we, we see the, the first game next year, Nick Saban uh, will, uh, and Bryce Young will have figured out uh, you know, which receivers are going to become the next generation of, of what we have seen there, you know, from Ridley to Cooper to uh, obviously Devontae Smith and Waddle. Uh, I mean, there's just so many great receivers that come through, and, 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 the, and the, the, the third and fourth receivers in that game Monday night just weren't up to it uh, without, without your top two guys. So I think that's really the key. Uh, after that, uh, I think Ohio State would be probably my next pick. Uh, and, and, and then, uh, you know, keep your eye on Texas A&M. They play in the same division as Alabama, but uh, they have just come off of a monster recruiting year. Paul, it, when you talk about national championships and being number one next year in Alabama, how much pressure is on Ryan Day at Ohio State to win it all now that, you know, Michigan finally popped Ohio State? Well, I think I think the, I think it was lessened a little bit by winning the Rose Bowl. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't under, I, I don't understand the magic of the Rose Bowl key. I mean, you're a Pac-12 guy. The you know the Pac-12 and the and the Big Ten act like that's the most important thing in the world. It's the granddaddy of them all, yeah. Paul. Yeah, and it's the granddaddy of all is the reason why college football is so screwed up right now. But we'll talk about that when things calm mm. down. But because of the Rose Bowl, we have we have this convoluted playoff as opposed to a, uh, an NFL-like playoff, which would interest the entire country. But, but I think there's a little bit of pressure on him. I'm, I'm not going to go all in on Ryan Day because I think he really has done a phenomenal job. He's, he's been in the playoffs twice. He won, he's won a Rose Bowl. Uh, I, I think as, as long as he gets back to the Big Ten championship game, gets through Michigan, and makes a run at the playoff, he'll, he'll be okay for the time being. But I, I also think Ryan Day is someone that – the NFL covets, so uh, that's a story I'm watching pretty closely as well. I'm not going to let you just sneak out of here talking negative about the Rose Bowl. Why is the Rose Bowl ruining college football, Paul? Well, for this reason, Keyshawn, uh, because everyone is uh, all in on preserving that time slot, uh, the college football semifinals had to be played on, on a Friday, on New Year's Eve, when nobody gave two rips about it, as opposed to the next day, when we are on a Saturday, when, when people are, are understanding and used to watching college football on New Year's Day, if, if you could move the Rose Bowl, you could have the college football playoff on, on New Year's Day every year starting at, at, at 5 o'clock, and it would play till, till the next game at, at 8.30. But because the, the, the commissioners of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and by, and by the way, uh, 
ESPN is party to this, okay? Uh, I mean, they have the contract. So, you know, I, I don't think they could make anybody move off of it, but certainly uh, it, would be, it would be nice to see a little bit of, uh, of, of cajoling by the network. And, and as a result of that, uh, the, the rest of college football and, and the playoffs are, are being held hostage. And, 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 that's, that, uh, and I'm talking about an expansion of the playoff because college football really needs that. And I'm not saying that uh, Georgia and Alabama weren't the two most deserving teams. They were. I mean, that's obvious. But it would have been fun to have three or four weeks leading into that as opposed to that, that one dreary New Year's Eve day uh, and then have six or seven games the next day and then, ha- and then the, the, the following Monday night uh, to, to try to get everybody's attention back. College football cannot compete with the NFL, and, and, and that's the position it puts itself in, and it ought to take advantage of its natural day. The natural day for the college football uh, playoffs is, is New Year's Day. We all are, are conditioned to that, but because of you people out west, Keyshawn, oh, hey, and the hey, Big hey, Ten, hey, hey. we can't have that. Paul, what do you mean by you people? Hey, out west. Paul Feinbaum is brought to you by. I Dr. mean, you Pepper. people because uh, it, it, nobody. I mean, that's it's it's sacrosanct. I mean, Jay Will, it's beautiful, the San Gabriel Mountains, but I've seen it a hundred times. I want to see. I want to see real games that day, not the Rose Bowl. The college football season is over, and fans are. Let me say it again. The college football season <laughs> is over, and fans are celebrating their victory. Crack open an ice cold Dr Pepper, slap on a fresh coat of face paint, and return to glory with Fansville by Dr Pepper. The one fans deserve. Thanks as always, Paul. Appreciate okay, it, Paul. See you guys soon. All right, buddy. Key said one playoff team made a huge mistake with their top five pick. Is he willing to admit that it wasn't a mistake? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Bengals Hell are Mary. in the playoffs quick for the first time since 2015, and we are thrilled to be joined by Hall of Fame tackle, Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, nine-time first-team All-Pro, the great Anthony Munoz. Good morning. Gentlemen, how you doing this morning? Good, Trojan. Morning. Damn, man, you get hey, intro music like on, that. man. How you doing? Good, real good. You get some tough <laughs> intro good, music, good. man. That's, 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 that's tough right there. I respect that. So, Anthony, the Bengals. I'll tell you what. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's Go up? ahead, Keith. No, I was going to say, so the Bengals find themselves in the playoffs. Uh, what, what's your early thoughts of taking on the Raiders? Well, first of all, man, it's good to, to have this team back in the playoffs. It's been a while. I think you mentioned 2015. Had a little uh, run there with uh, Dalton in the playoffs, but no playoff win. But it's exciting, Key. I tell you what, 
this city is um, is really excited. You know, we had uh, a good time for this uh, this city with football. Of course, uh, you know, the University of Cincinnati lost Alabama, but they had a heck of a year, so that got some excitement. Not our Bengals, man. They, you know, they have a lot of talent. You know, Joe Burrow has been doing a phenomenal job, and uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to go down uh, Saturday to the game, and uh, you know, a lot of people. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. There's still some people that. You know, it's a lot of same old Bengals. I can't say it's the same old Bengals. It's a totally different team, uh, you know, talent-wise, leadership-wise. And uh, so I'm excited about uh, them playing the Raiders. I think it's going to be an excellent football game. What What do you think it would mean to get a win on Saturday for an organization? And actually, like, this first win that they were having the playoffs in 30 years, over 30 years. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's pretty – it's crazy to think that – the last time this franchise won a playoff game, I was actually playing. That was a long time ago, and uh, but no, it would be it would mean a lot, you know, not only for the organization but for the city. The city is hyped, it's excited, uh, but you know, I really do, do think uh, you know some things are changing with the organization. They got some uh, grandkids working, uh, you know, with fan engagement and uh, doing a lot of stuff with the the legacy of the, the team and. Uh, you know, they put together the Ring of Honor for the first time. And so there's a lot of new things happening. So with that being said, I really believe to win this game Saturday would just add to the excitement of really the youth and the new regime that's starting to, to take place with this football team. How worried are you about um, the Raiders, Anthony? Because, like, I look at Joe Burrow and he's got it and he's got his receiver, and they got chemistry, and they're killing the game. And even when they didn't draft – I mean, the offensive line maybe doesn't get enough credit, and and they got a whole lot. They got a three-headed monster with a running game, and they have depth at receiver. But here come the Raiders, who just did the thing to the Chargers and Herbert, and they're kind of like the Bengals in certain ways. How worried are you about the Raiders? Well, you know, you know, Key can say the same thing. Anybody that's played the game – uh, you can't take anything for granted, regardless of how talented one team is. And I mean, you look at the Raiders; they're talented. I mean, you know, you know, we look at uh, Hendrickson on the defense. You got to look at uh, Crosby, Max on their defense, and Waller tight end. Uh, you know, Carr quarterback. So they're loaded. I mean, you know, it's this isn't a team that's uh, you know going to come in under the radar. The Bengals have faced them already one one time this year. You know, they did come out with the win, but again, you can throw that out the window and just watch the tape and learn from it. So even though, you know, you got Jamar Chase, who's amazing, and Boyd, and you got Higgins and Mixon, and you got Hendrickson, and, you know, Sam Hubbard, and all the, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a, a evenly matched game. Uh, you know, it's playoffs. I mean, it's, you know, you got preseason, and you got the regular season where the intensity is crazy, but now you got the playoffs. And if you can imagine just the, the intensity moving up that much more, it, it does. And uh, so, you know, I don't think any one of these uh, players uh, on the Bengals are saying, "Nah, you know, hey, let's look forward. Who who might we play the second round?" Now they're the silver and blacks coming to town, man, and it's uh, they're still the Raiders. You know, it's uh, different faces, but it's still the silver and black, and uh, they're going to Bengals will get ready and expect a, a battle. Anthony Munoz, Hall of Fame, Officer Tackle, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, nineteen ninety one, All World, Everything Hall of Famer, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, Anthony, when we look back at the draft and Jamar Chase, who had an historical rookie season, even though uh, you're a former offensive lineman, I'm a former wide receiver, we both thought that taking Penny Sewell over uh, Jamar Chase was the right move for the Bengals. I changed my mind 
now watching you play. <laughs> have you changed, Joyce? <laughs> Gee, I can say, you know, and it's and it's interesting. So I kind of so I went Panay, but then I, I have changed my mind to answer your question. But I look at Slater with the Chargers, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. This kid, the left starting left tackle, who a lot of people had rated above Panay, but I still have changed my mind. Seeing Chase in person and what the guy has done, I'm like, yeah, maybe I did want Chase, but I was just kind of spouting off Panay. But no, I, I, I have changed, and I'm thrilled that uh, they got Chase, man. And he has just been so much fun, game changer, so much fun to watch. And uh, yeah, so I'm right there in that same camp. I've changed. <laughs> Anthony, Zach Taylor got off to a rough start to his coaching career, but he's had crazy success this year. Do you feel like he's going to be this team's head coach for a while moving forward with the season the Bengals are having? I, I do. I do. You know, and it's interesting because last week they played a, a clip of him. I think it was either last year or his first year. And he, he didn't plead, but he said, you know what, fans of the Bengals, just trust in our process. Trust in what we're trying to do here with this team. And there's going to be some pain going through it. But just And 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 I've been able to see that as I, I step back and I look at the process. I mean, I think three years ago when he took over, there might be less than 10% of the guys that were here three years ago. You look at every position and it's like they've added not only the talent but a new culture. Guys, you know, through the draft, guys that have been captains on their team, guys – free agency that have been playoff with playoff experience. Uh, so I think he will be, uh, unless something drastic happens. I don't, I don't foresee that, but I think uh, Zach Taylor is, uh, is a guy that's going to be here for a while. Well, that ladies and gentlemen is the great, and I mean, great Anthony Munoz here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Appreciate you jumping on with us today. Hey, anytime guys, you know that. And, uh, you guys are great. Uh, my pleasure to be able to talk. Maybe next time we can talk key a little, uh, little cardinal and gold. Yes, sir. Fight on. About what the <laughs> fight on, man. You take care. You guys have a great day. All Enjoy right. the playoffs. Nine team, nine time first team All Pro is almost impossible to do. Key, could you imagine a nine time first team All Pro? And he probably got cheated once or twice <laughs> out of it. How is that even, especially at an important position? It's insane. All right, the biggest knock on Bill Belichick, Uh-oh. the biggest knock on his resume, and by the way, it's not Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl without him and him missing the playoffs. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Giant Super Bowl champion and NFL Network analyst Sean O'Hara joining us. Hey, Max, Key, Jay Will. This is from the heart, man. I listen to you guys every morning. My day is not complete until I get the chance to hear Key read one of those promos. You guys got, you got to let him do more of those, man. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum with us. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. And, guys, I jog every morning listen to a, a reel of Keyshawn's promos. <laughs> you mean you want a $100,000 mattress? Save up to $100,000 on select mattresses. Well, save up to $1,000 on select mattresses. Figured 100000 is a lot. That's a hell of a mattress. $100,000 mattress. I like the fact that people are listening, though, to my reads because I'm not a traditional reader, right? I'm not going to sit there, hey, Dr. Pepper, that's not, have fun with it. I think it's Loosen things up. Wait, what does that mean, I'm not a traditional reader? Like, you know how you, you like know you that sports you know people, talk. You know how people follow the letters? You know the sports talk <laughs> radio read type guys like Max Kellerman? He does it with such a, everything is, I like to have fun, joke around, laugh with it a little bit. Send the message across. I think that's why people I learned how to I like read. To, I learned how to read late in life. So I like I'm to try to yeah. I like to try to follow the combinations of letters and the sounds they make. Usually, <laughs> quarterback, <laughs> quarterback, quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think if y'all it, just so corporate, man, that's what it is. I think if Floyd Mayweather hears your read, he may like. Why don't I put hundred dollar bills into a sack and sleep on it? <laughs> He'll sleep on hundred. I, I need to sleep on a hundred thousand yeah, dollar mattress. I was reading it so fast. I was like a hundred thousand. Wait a minute, that's not right. There's no way you can have a hundred thousand dollars. I bet you though, there's a hundred thousand dollar plus mattress somewhere in the world. I wonder how many dollar bills, what denomination, what number do you have to put in to make to fill up a mattress? Like is it fives, tens, twenties? No, I mean, I'm just how many about bills you need in there? No, I know, I know it. Yeah. Listen, Bill Belichick has no bills. assistance left, right? <laughs> has assistance? Well, I don't understand. Evan wrote something for me to say, and I'm trying to figure Bill it out. Bill Belichick has no more assistants left as head as coaches. As head coaches, right, not as assistants. What? I, I feel like I, – allow myself to introduce myself. Uh, so, we listen, so so Belichick doesn't – his coaching tree is is bare, man. Like, it's barren. Where, where is the fruit off the tree? Like, it's just not there. None of his coaches or, or, or assistants are head coaches in the league right now. So, we asked – who has the best coaching tree among aft- active coaches? And the first name you said to me blew my mind, Key. You said Sean McVay. And for a minute, as we were talking about it, it looked like 35-year-old Sean McVay had the best coaching tree in the league. But then we talked more about it. Who do you think it is? Well, after we talked about it, it's, it's probably Andy Reid. Right. Now that, we, you know, now that we think about it. Because Andy Reid, I forgot about John Harbaugh. Ron Revere, but Ron Revere kind of went through the Chargers, I thought, with North Turner. Right. Even though he's coached with Andy Reid before. So he's like a he's he's not really a branch. Maybe he's See, just when a, we say tree, we're not trying leaf. to give you technicalities. Like, okay. well, you I, I agree with you, in other words. In other words, it's not just like, well, he's on the tree because he was an assistant under him. We're talking about who came up with a dude? Who was on the staff and was influenced by him and took that somewhere else? I would say Harbaugh, Ron Revere, Sean McDermott, and 
David Cully was long-term assistance under Andy Reid. Um, yeah. And so probably a lot of their thought process and coaching style mimics some to some degree Andy Reid. They're influenced in some way. They're from – like, for example, when I talk about you speak Parcellian, right? Like, you clearly – and, and, oh, and no. it's, it's partly you think alike, right? And, but you come from the same school of th- football thought. And when you brought up – like, Sean McVay, Jay, I, I find that so interesting because I, it probably is the answer Andy Reid, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that McVay is in that conversation, the dude is 35, it still kind of just blows my mind because when I think about Sean McVay, I'm like he's at the beginning stages of his career still feels like. You know, like that, that tenure is something that's scary to think about the longevity that he has in his space. What happens, though, is you have quality assistant coaches that get plucked. And so now your, your, your yeah. tree starts to grow, and it grows and it grows. So, so who, who counts for McVay? Uh, Matt LaFleur. That's a big one. That's a um, one, yeah. Zach Taylor. Right, and that looked bad a year ago. It looks good today. Brandon Staley. Looks pretty good. Solid so far, Solid. although you, know, you got to, you know, toward the well, end of the division. division. Joe, 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 Joe yep. Barry, defensive coordinator with Green Bay Packers, who will probably wind up being a damn head coach in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. So you start counting those guys. Yeah. It's a lot. And, 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 it's, and Pete Carroll had a nice one for a minute there, too. Yeah. But but McVay, everyone's looking for the next McVay. And so they started looking on his staff. And what's crazy to me is they took these dudes. They are successful head coaches mm-hmm. in the NFL. They're young like him. They were on his staff. You could argue that he influenced them. But certainly, like what like this is something you talk about, Key. You took them off his staff. The Rams are still good. McVay is still the, the coach of a good. So McVay is good. We know that. And his assistants are having success as head coaches. They're in the playoffs. There's legitimately something in Sean McVay's Wikipedia page called the Sean McVay effect. (laughs) That Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, Cliff Kingsbury, all these young offensive-minded coaches were hired after Sean McVay. Oh, not no, that Kingsbury's okay. off his not tree. That he, yeah. Not that he's off the well, tree, but this Sean McVay yeah. effect that everybody's trying to find <laughs> yeah. the next yeah. Sean McVay. Well, yeah. well, you know why? See, you you guys are out here on the East Coast, and I was on the West Coast a couple years ago when it all took place, and they started hiring these dudes. You touch Sean McVay, you got hired. Yeah. Because you was the, I don't know, the, 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 the young, scruffy beard with the hair. You had that look, you know. And offensive. They, you know, that they looking for. So no, silly. that's what, it's the truth. And offensive play yeah. action. Yeah. Type, yeah. Like, oh, he's the hot cute guy the we way want to hire him he's really smart the hot cute guy that's what was going on you could add nick sirianni to this too and he's in the playoffs like a young offensive minded quarterback yeah. Yeah. scruffy scruffy beard dude you know like max kellerman yeah look. that's the look except you wouldn't have got hired this max. just in that's this that's just the in no the max <laughs> kellerman look sweeps the nation <laughs> everybody who touches max gets hired yes. but you know what's crazy it's one thing and there was a think about what we were all saying about McVay, see, they just want another McVay. Kingsbury, bad. Uh, Kingsbury looked like a good hire now. Not just because he had that fresh crib when, during draft when he showed that, that, that crib in, in, in uh, Got a lot of play. Arizona. Oh, that so was the, clean. The way they built out the air raid system, the way they attached the running game to it finally with James yeah. Conner. I mean, it's the way he built the whole thing. But, so but, right, so but all the air raid, because now I got to accept it because of, of uh, Lincoln Riley at USC. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now you I got to get behind ah, it. That's what you get. 
Key is getting dragged, no, kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Lincoln Riley run the ball with his, though. The Cardinals run the ball with theirs, now. Yeah, they did self-evaluation, and they had to go back and realize we're going to get fired if we don't run the ball. But it's still – it works. Their, their philosophy remains largely the same. Of course, you have to tweak it and everything. But I'm just interested in this topic because a lot of criticism on the Kingsbury hire, a lot of criticism on that, oh, you're just looking for the next McVay. It's working. Well, they've been looking for the next Belichick since Belichick arrived and won his first Super Bowl, and they've yet to find one. He's had about 10 damn assistants get head coaching jobs, and they all keep getting fired. You know what's interesting? You would think defense is easier to imitate than offense, but in fact, it's the Belichick way that no one else can, influ- can, can imitate. The McVay way, they seem to be able to imitate. It's exportable, it looks like. Keep getting the wrong guy. You get the wrong guy, though. You, you, it's easy to grab the assistant, but you're leaving everything else behind. Yeah. You're not bringing Willie McKinnis with you and yeah, Lawyer right, Malloy right, right. and Tom Brady and Not to Deion mention your Branch. shadow advisors and yeah, stuff. You're yeah, you're not yeah. bringing those dudes with you. Oh, man, I, I, that just blows my mind. Andy Reid with the best coaching tree. Sean McVay maybe with the second best coaching tree in the NFL at the age of 35. But will they advance in the playoffs this year? Boy, Matt Stafford better, right? He better. KJM is back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.